You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to It's All Dead. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, per usual, I'm Kyle Hawk, Editor-in-Chief at itsalldead.com. want to uh, thank you for taking time out of your day or night to listen to our podcast. And it is now December, and uh, if you are somebody that uses the internet, you are well aware that this is the time of year when all of the end-of-year lists start rolling in. Uh, of all kinds, and if you listen to our show, uh, if you come to our site, uh, if you follow me on Twitter or know anything about me, you know how much I love lists. And my my favorite thing um, at It's All Dead over the years has been our end of the year features. I just love being able to like reflect on a year, put together you know what what was the best and what does it mean for like an album or a song to be the best of a year. Um, and, and kind of like tease that out just in terms of trying to write about it and rank it and think about it. And our, our end of the year lists are always uh, some of the best, you know, most well-received, I guess, articles that we do during a given year. It seems like people seem to enjoy them. Um, and it's just fun for me to put it together. Like it's it's actually fun for me to kind of like get in there and start um, actually formatting the articles and, and make the header images and stuff. So I, I always have a blast with it. Uh, it's kind of like a, an early, early Christmas, uh, so to speak. And so this week at It's All Dead, we started rolling out our end of the year features. We've got, um, our list of best albums and best songs of the year up now, which you can view. Um, we'll probably do a little bit more before the year ends. But in the meantime, we want to do some podcasts and we always, uh, like to do an end of the year podcast to talk about this, and we had a heck of a time of getting the uh, the three um, amigos, or if you will, um, amigos uh, on the podcast. No, we we had a hard time getting uh, myself, Kyle Schultz, uh, and Nadia uh, all lined up. So I, I think what we're going to do is do two mini podcasts reflecting on the year, which I'm fine with because the more I get to talk about. Uh, end of your list, the better. Um, but this first one, I am joined by Nadia Paiva on the podcast. Nadia, hello. What's up, Kyle? Welcome. Is it cold where you are? Because I'm sitting like in the bottom floor of my house right now and I'm freezing. It's all right. I have my heater on. I just, I'm wondering if you guys can actually hear it. It's kind of loud, but. No. So yeah. being from the Northeast, I feel like you, you're probably, are you just accustomed to winter at this point? Oh, like yeah. you don't, it doesn't even oh, yeah. phase you. I'm in like a t-shirt. Yeah. in my house because it's just it's just cold so it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> so. i i wish i was at that point but i am not i hate the cold uh but i'm gonna i'm gonna stick it out make it through another winter hopefully um thank you for joining me tonight i am excited to talk about this with you so last year when we did this you had just started writing a little bit for it's all dead and um you contributed some stuff to uh the end of the year features we did this year um, you were kind of on board fully in terms of providing a, a third of of the lists. Uh, what was it like for you um, to kind of go back? I mean, was this something that came easy for you? I feel like it didn't because I I know that you, it seemed like you were changing your mind and kind of going back and forth on some things. What was the experience like? I changed a lot of stuff. So I had a problem remembering when things were <clears throat> released. Mm. Um so I had to like look back through the year on like Wikipedia to see the release dates of everything because I didn't want to, I feel like I always stick to the things that I've been listening to recently rather than 
looking at the whole year as a whole. And so I had to actually really do a little bit of research. Like I know I wanted pianos become the teeth on there. I know that came out in February. Sure. That had been in my list, like since the beginning of the year, um, for sure. And then I was looking at it and I realized that tiny moving parts came out in January. And I said, when it came out, I said, Oh, this is one of the best albums of the year already. And I totally forgot about it when list time came around. So, um, Again, that's in my honorable honorable mentions if you look at my list uh, on Google Docs. But uh, yeah, it was like almost an afterthought, but I didn't want it to be. So I feel yeah. like I kind of focus more on the end of the year, kind of by accident. Yeah, I mean, it's there's always stuff that kind of falls through the cracks. And especially a list like this, I mean, we expanded to 15 from 10 uh, last year. And, you know, I've a lot of sites do, you know, top 100 lists. I, you know, wrote for several years for Pop Matters and they do like a top i think they do like a top 70 albums of the year and then they go genre by genre like you know metal pop indie rock you know i mean you can go on and on uh with these lists i mean for the sake of time and resource that we have uh we keep it pretty simple but you know asking everybody to like hey what were the five best albums this year i mean it's really hard because there's so much great music and this year I, i feel like i had a harder time than I have in a while, uh, just because there were there were a lot of things I felt like kind of got left off that I wish could have been on there, but there just there wasn't enough room. And I, I know right. in years past, I almost feel like I've put things on there that maybe I didn't even feel that great about just to fill out the list. Whereas this year, I just I was kind of at a loss because I, I mean, did it for you? Did it feel like this was a year where there was just like a, a lot and I know we always say like oh there's so much great music this year this year really felt like there was a ton yeah I definitely agree like uh I feel like I kind of branched out too uh last year if you had told me that I would be listening to Cardi B I would probably laugh in your face um yeah. but I really ended up liking Cardi B this year um which is super weird for me to say uh so I feel like I branched out too but I almost wanted to stick to my roots like what I knew which is kind of the reason I didn't put Cardi B on my list. And I was glad to see that somebody did. Yeah, it, it had to be on there. Let, let's just start there. Um, tell me a little bit about what it was about Cardi B this year that stuck out to you. So I think it was, it's not even necessarily her music. I almost feel like it's her public persona. The way that she dealt with having the baby and like not showing that kid to anybody and making sure she made time to like get into the swing of being a mom and trying to be a good one was like a good example of her character to me. I generally don't, especially I feel like in um, like pop music in general, I feel like there's not too many good examples of people. I, I know that sounds like weird, but I, I maybe you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. So just the fact that she took some time to like focus on having a, like her family life settled before she went back into any kind of art kind of really spoke to me. And even if her music is not exactly like family oriented, it still, to me, it felt like, you know, she found a good balance between being both an artist and just a normal human. And that's something I really appreciated. Yeah, that's a really great way of putting it. You know, it's on the list. Uh, I put it in there at number seven. And, you know, for me, growing up listening to rap music, I mean, that was really the first genre of music that I fell in love with as a kid. And, you know, it's really, you know, obviously stuck with me through my life up to this point and and so much I have so many memories of um, growing up and realizing but not thinking very hard about how male dominated the genre was yeah and and there would be 
uh, women rappers. You know, I mean, Missy Elliott, uh, Lauren Hill, Eve. There were there were always people there, but it almost felt um, like you were supposed to think of it as a gimmick. And and I'm saying that as you know a a man looking from his male gaze into the situation growing up. Whereas, and that was problematic. I mean, it was, it's, and it's been a huge problem in hip hop for a long time. And, you know, hip hop has like, you know, so many other areas of culture has begun making strides forward in that area. Still got a really long ways to go. But Cardi B is somebody that is fully accepted and revered in that community as yeah. a great rapper and a great artist. And it's one of the first times, you know, I, you could almost start to feel it happen a little bit with Nicki Minaj when she yeah. came out. But at, at this point, like, it feels like, oh, this is a real thing. Like, we are ready for, you know, a woman to be just as great of a rapper and just as great of an artist, like, without designation um, in this genre of music. And I think that's been a really cool thing. And Invasion of Privacy, no matter how you slice it, it's an incredible album. It's a really fun, fascinating album. Um, and I, just like you, I love Cardi as an artist and as a person. I just think it's been a, a fascinating and really enjoyable story to watch this year. So it was yeah, cool. I was to... bummed to hear about her and Offset, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. I know. Another one. There's a, you know, we've we've got some, some breakups actually represented on the list. And we'll, yeah. we'll get into that a little bit further as we go. Uh, I want to go back to Pianos Become the Teeth real quick. I, I kind of had a feeling, you know, this was an album you reviewed early on this year. Uh, I could tell that it was really kind of a big album for you and wasn't a surprise to see you have that as your top album of the year. Talk a little bit about uh, what what was so special about that album. And were you a fan of this band before this album? Or was this kind of like a, a culmination of everything coming together for them in your mind? Well, so it started in 2015. I saw them play a show in Providence, actually. And Keep You had come out a couple months earlier, and I had never listened to anything but Keep You, so I didn't even realize that they were hardcore or anything. And I actually don't like their hardcore album. Um, but I loved Keep You so much. And it kind of the same deal with uh, their their latest, Wait for Love, is the fact that I pretty much didn't turn it off for a while. It's, I don't know, it's, um, there's something about those two albums that are really important to me. I think the storytelling is really great. And I just think musically, it's always just kind of been sonically perfect for me. And the growth that they showed in Wait for Love was just astounding to me. And I was like, so proud of them because they really want, I feel like they want, they looked at their fans and their fans were all like, go back to metal, go back to hardcore. And they were like, well, maybe, but actually we don't want to because, you know, they weren't feeling that in their personal lives. Like, uh, I think the lead singer just became a dad and like a bunch of other stuff happened in their personal lives that. I don't know. I don't think I'd want to go back to doing hardcore if I had like a baby in my house. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Mm. I just feel like that'd be a weird like balance to strike, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, <laughs> so I just loved the fact that they're, they kind of said, all right, well, we'll go a little bit heavier with the music. Like they really brought some more of an upbeat like tempo to everything rather than what they did on Keep You, but they're still, they were still into almost, I feel like preserving Actually, I think their lead singer's name is also Kyle. Um, it is, yeah. So Kyle's. Um, I think they're <laughs> into preserving Kyle's vocals. Yeah. These past couple albums. So, Would you say, yeah. is this the album you listened to most this year? 
It is. So it doesn't show that on my Spotify because I actually bought the album. So I was able to listen to yeah. it like off Spotify all year. Um, yeah. That's the only reason they're my number two artist in Spotify. Um, well, and... I mean, it says something in 2018 when you actually buy the album. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I'm, a like... hu- I'm a huge album buyer. So. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, that one was uh, not too much of a, a surprise for me to see up there. In terms of like listen, that's always an interesting thing of like, you know, what did I listen to the most and what does that say? What does that mean? You know, of the albums this year, Under Oath came out, uh, I think in April, mm-hmm. you know, they're my favorite band. Obviously, I listened to that. I probably listened to that album more than any other album this year. Now, that didn't, didn't necessarily necessitate, necessitate? Mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, that it be the top album for me, although it is on the list and I do think it's a great album. Um, you know, Architects, Holy Hell is one that came out a month ago and I haven't been able to spend as much time with, but I know for a fact of like how important that album is and, and how much, uh, how strongly I feel about it. So, um, that it ranked a little bit higher in that regard, just cause I think overall it was a, a better, better release, but it's always kind of interesting to kind of look back at that. Um, and, and one for you and speaking of albums that haven't been out for very long, the 1975, this is one that was really interesting because you reviewed it and I had a feeling like I was like, this is going to be one of the best albums this year. Like, it's just like, it's going to be, you could tell early on the way the reviews were coming in, like, oh, this is going to be that album that comes in at the end of the year and is like really ranked high for everybody. And early on, you were kind of texting that you, you weren't really feeling it. And I, I was like, oh no, because, and the reason I was thinking that is because I wanted it to be on our list, but that meant I was going to have to bump something of my five to get it on there. But then at the last minute, it seemed like like it came through for you and you're like, yeah, this is on there. So talk a little bit about your relationship over the ba- past, I guess, two weeks with yeah, the brief inquiry. So I actually, when we were talking about the album, I almost texted you, why don't you just review it? Because I wasn't sure if I could actually like write it up properly because at first I was not a huge fan of it and to be honest I still don't know how I feel about it um all the way like each track I'm obsessed with I love every track it's just as a whole it still does not feel like it jives for me um but whatever we'll put that aside like as I'm re-listening to it after I write my review I'm like "Eh, I don't know but whatever um so it was it was really hard for me to put something so new on my list um, just because of kind of what I was saying at the beginning, how I try to kind of look at the whole year. And I just feel like I almost had to bump stuff off that I listened to more and had gotten more familiar with in favor of that very new album that I still wasn't sure if I was a big fan of, but I almost kind of, I don't want to say this, like, I guess probably like writer's secret. I almost felt pressured to like put it high up there. Um, I, even though I know it deserved it personally, I just didn't feel it. But from a production standpoint, it definitely does deserve that best album of the year spot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm sure I'll come around eventually, but I don't know. I'm still not there yet. Okay. Well, you still, yeah, you ranked it pretty high regardless. Yeah. So that tells me that uh, there's, you know, it's doing pretty well. And yeah. by the way, production great... than personal though. Yeah. And by the way, great job on the review. Thanks. Thank you for writing it. I, uh, I, it was one part of me was interested in the possibility of writing it, but the other part of me, so 
their last album, um, I Like It When You Sleep, I reviewed that one, and I believe uh, it's my favorite thing that I've ever written. And so there was a part of me that was like, I'm not going to be able to top that. And uh, if I try to review this one, and it's a better album, and I can't write as well about it as I did the last one, I'm going to feel really crummy. Um, so that's a really weird way of approaching it, but that's yeah. the way my brain you know, works. I so. love that last album, to be honest. Like, I'm still very, very into it. Um, yeah. Well, and I think the last album is probably, I'd probably like that album more than A Brief Inquiry, but I do think that A Brief Inquiry and Online Relationships is a better album. Right, exactly. Um, so I feel like I almost had to look at it from like a production standpoint and just kind of where we were and where we've been in the year um, for an album to be so relevant. Um, it was something that's, that was important to me to be in that top list. Yeah. Um, so it, I mean I it I it's got a lot of merits for me. I just they're almost more professional than biz uh than personal, you know? Yeah, for sure. I almost said professional than business, that's the same thing. <laughs> I wanna switch over to songs real quick because um, you wrote about one of the songs for the list that yeah. ranked number two on our list. I always want to die sometimes. And this has been interesting because I've been watching lists over the past few weeks and just uh, kind of observing and I've seen Obviously, uh, there's been a variety of different, the 1975 songs that have been showing up. Um, the one that I've seen rank highest is Love It If We Make It, mm -hmm. um, which makes sense. I mean, it's kind right. of a, it's literally a song about this year. It's and so almost, it's almost like we didn't start the fire junior. Yeah, exactly. Um, this one, I, I actually love this song. I cried the first time I heard it. I think it's beautiful. I haven't seen anybody talking about it except for us. So tell me a little bit about why that song for you stood out above the rest. Just musically, it's so epic. They did such a good job in figuring out how to close an album that was already filled with so many epic themes with something that just really raised the bar. Um, it's the strings at the end. It's literally a perfect song. It sounds like, at the beginning, it sounds like it's, the ending of like a Disney movie. And I kind of had to get over that at first. Cause it was kind of mm. a little, it's a, it's a little like vanilla for me, considering where the album went, it was a very strange direction for them to go in closing. Um, but by the end of it, like it, I was totally sold. It's the, it's the best song on the album. I have no idea why people aren't talking about it. Um, yeah. Notice pitchfork had two songs of theirs. I think it was love. If we made it and it's not um, living, it's not with you. Yeah. Which is another very good track. Yeah. I so if you did if you this is another one where if you hadn't put a nineteen seventy five song, I was probably gonna put two time on here. Yeah, um, like that that's um uh, that's probably my favorite song from the new album. I know there's there's a shallowness to it, but I think that's the point. And yeah. um I think that that is another song that kind of is very fitting for the time. Um but really you could have picked a number of songs and it they would have made total sense on the list on this list. So, um, but I, I love the choice that you had there. Um, as the number one song this year, I've been saying it since this summer, nice for what by Drake. And I've, if you listen to this podcast again, you know that I've been critical of Drake at times, uh, most times. And, um, but nice for what is a song that stuck with me from the moment I heard it this spring, all through the summer, all through the fall, it has hands down been my favorite song this year. And I did feel like it, it deserved to be, um, you know, on this list. And I, I wrote about just kind of the idea of it 
again, we talked about Cardi B earlier, and now here comes a song in which Drake is essentially flipping what we would expect of from like a typical hip hop club anthem on its head um, by pointing out all these things that so many people refer to as as shallow um, or foolish, but actually acknowledging them as beautiful in these women, these observing who are like working hard and have jobs and have families. And it's, it's kind of a, it's, it is on the nose, but it's so beautifully done. And the way it samples that Lauren Hill track from Miseducation of Lauren Hill, it's just from start to finish music video, the whole thing uh, was just kind of beautiful to me. So I, uh, but you know, the Drake song I've seen shown up on all the lists is the, uh, the Kiki song. Which is Um, ridiculous. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah. Like, it, it's just an internet meme. That's the only reason why it's in there. Yeah. It, um, it had I, a moment in that way. I do have to tell you that I did not listen to our world number one song of the year. I don't really listen to too much Drake. Yeah. Um, sorry. But you should listen to it. I know. I Give know. I like, I like some of Drake's older stuff. I almost feel like I have to let it age first and get past that meme <laughs> standpoint, like literally, before I can actually listen to it and be like, all right. Cause it's not bad. Um, I think you're going to like this song. Yeah, I got to get into Drake a little bit. You know, One thing that we both agreed on this year was Ariana Grande. Yes. Um, I put Thank You Next on the list, and I, I had my reasons, but I know you like the song as well, so I wanted to hear a little bit about your perspective on it. So I wrote about it for a Cue It Up, which was a feature that slowly mm-hmm. fizzled out because I can't continue with anything. Oh, it's coming back. Okay, good. Because uh, I have some lists that I have made. But anyway, so Thank You Next came out. And, like, I don't know. First of all, how long did she have that song written? Okay, she must have still been yeah. engaged. She must have had to, like, change that one line. I don't get it because she dropped the song fully produced and, like, fully mixed, like, the day after she got unengaged. I don't get it. But whatever, Ariana, you do you. <laughs> So that song, the end of that song is what gets me. How she's like talking about her mom and at her her own wedding. And she's like, I don't know. There's just something about that song that really hit home for me. I've never had an ex. I married my first boyfriend. So it has no no pertinence to my life whatsoever. Um, but I don't know. I think just that idea towards the middle and the end where she's enough for herself. And she doesn't, she has her career and she has her music and her friends and her family and how that's enough for her is I think a really important message that a lot of people in general, not even just girls, people in general need to hear these days. Um, yeah. So I really appreciated that. And also the video slamming. Yeah, for sure. It, it, uh, it's a great song. I love how it wasn't even on the album she put out this year. It was just kind of this thing that happened at the end of all of it and was able to reflect on it like really uh, healthfully, um, really, um, I don't know. It was just, it was empowering. It was just, yeah. a, it was such a great moment. So I think she's um, releasing another song on Thursday. I saw her Twitter and it said something called Imagine. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's an album or a song or she's pretty cryptic on her social media. Yeah, she is. Um, in terms of things on the internet this year, um, I also, um, obviously we had Childish Gambino's This Is America on there. And that's one that I, you know, as a song, as a standalone song, um, probably isn't something that you would put on the list. But with the music video and the way that it kind of turned into this full 
multimedia thing that people were buzzing about and talking about that is so relevant to right now, to me, kind of made it one of the quintessential songs of the year. It's almost like a an even deeper dive than the 1975, just because he's yeah. taking so many art forms to merge together uh, into this moment. And and for that alone, I mean, it's something like it's just kind of the brilliance of Donald Glover right now. Like he, yeah. everything he touches is incredible. Um, so that was one that I felt like deserved to be pretty high up on the list. Um, there's a couple. Okay, so there's two other things I want to talk with you about um, that showed up on both the albums and the songs list. First uh, was the Wonder Years. Not a surprise. Mm -hmm. They were going to be on there, whether you wrote about them, whether it was Kyle. I know. Wonder Years was going to be on our list. Um, Talk a little bit about one, Sister Cities, and two, your choice of song, The Ocean Grew, Hands to Hold Me. I, I, everybody knows, I mean, I can't even say I love the Wonder Years. It's like, we love the Wonder Years. I think it's all that is basically a Wonder Years fan site. Yeah, pretty much. Without other stuff. Like, to be honest, I think we talk about the Wonder Years almost more than any other band, I think. Yeah, I was doing the math a while back. They're up there. <laughs> I, I noticed that um, it's been a year and a month since I started writing. It was like November 8th was my one year anniversary. Oh, hey, happy one year yeah. anniversary. Thanks. Um, so I realized that, and I realized how much we talked about the Wonder Years, and I don't want to say that it was my fault, no, but I don't know, there seemed to be like a big uptick in Wonder Years references once I <laughs> everybody. Um, but yeah, Sister Cities is such a great album, and I went, I saw their tour for that album, well, at least one of their preliminary tours, and it was just such like a great show. I don't know, I just, they wrote, I almost feel like they wrote the album to be played live. It's a great album on its own, but there's something about standing in a room with all those people and hearing them play some of the songs from that album. It's like, it's funny because they're, I think we talked about it when we talked about their, uh, that did that podcast about them. They're oddly specific and yet like everybody can relate to them. So I think that's kind of what I loved about Sister Cities. Um, was just that kind of aspect of relatability. It's not even relevance in the way that 1975 had. It's just relatability, like personal, on a personal level, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. That makes total sense. But yeah, I, I actually think this is probably the lowest ranking the Wonder Years as an album have had, even at number eight exactly. on our albums list. So yeah, yeah. Um, this is one I'll be honest with you. I think I mentioned when we did the podcast, um, when the album came out, I thought it was fine. I haven't gone back to this album a ton. Um, you know, and maybe I will, I know I need to, um, but I just haven't yet. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you about me without you. Oh yes. You have an album and a song of theirs. And Mm -hmm. I also want to call out the review you did of me without you's untitled a couple months ago, I think was uh, the best review that you wrote. Um, this year so congrats on that i i remember reading it when you turned it in being like whoa nadia's getting good so um that was really fun and you obviously care you had a lot of really um you're able to tie i feel like the music side with the personal side really well on this one um so talk a little bit about that and what got me without you into your end of the year lists I think Me Without You is such a difficult band to, like, deal with. Um, I almost feel like you've had to have been listening to them for a couple of albums to really kind of get in the groove of what they do. Um, So I've been here for 
I think like three and a half albums. Not to say I'm the expert because I have a friend who's seen them like 20 times or something like that. It's nuts. Yeah. He, he <laughs> like travels around and, and goes to shows to see them. Um, actually, we went to one with him and he had like he moshed and it was the best time. So it's just um, so I'm not totally qualified to talk about me without you. He is. But whatever. So I really liked this album. I don't know. I don't know. It's like it was a weird album to like. You know what I mean? Like it's, it was kind of all over the place. So it was hard. It's kind of hard to listen to, unless you know who Me Without You is. Sure. Um, I I would not say that if this is you know your your gateway drug to Me Without You. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's not an easy one, but I think it's their best. Um, as you saw in my you know little write up, it's just it excited me because it. I thought Me Without You was kind of kind of fizzle out. Um, after a while, they're all kind of getting older and they all, you know, live different places and have families and jobs and lives and stuff. And I almost thought that they were going to leave and I was going to be really sad if they did, but you know, yeah, they didn't and they keep touring and they keep getting better and I don't understand how they're doing it, but they are. And I think that's kind of why that album was so impressive to me. Not even just because like... Because it, it's very typical me without you, but I just feel like it was a surprise for them to come back with something so strong. Um, right when I thought they were gonna fizzle out, you know. Yeah, you know, best me without you album. That would be a really interesting conversation to have. I almost wonder if we should do. I a, don't a know podcast what it is. That. We should, but I don't know what it is. I'd have to do some serious yeah. research. I've got two in mind, um, but yeah, they. You know, another interesting thing I think about sometimes, so I think they're Haley Williams of Paramore, they're her favorite yes. band, and she has done, you know, over the years, you know, promoted them quite well. And I almost wonder, yeah. because of the rabid fan base they have, of like mm-hmm. how much they've benefited from that relationship. I, because... I do wonder about that. But um, even they've actually flip-flopped on, like, both bands. Like, obviously, we saw After Laughter when Aaron Weiss did that um, spoken word. But on 10 stories, Haley Williams sang on two songs of theirs. Yeah. So it goes back a couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Which is something that's really, like, funny to me. Well, there's a... I remember I used to subscribe to Alternative Press back when people got magazines in the mail. And around, like, 2005 or something, it was, like, one of the Warped Tour issues, I think, or something. But there was a picture... It was the year, the first year that Paramore was on Warped Tour. Mm-hmm. So Haley was probably, like, 16, 17 years old yeah. at the time. And there's a picture of she and Aaron Weiss sitting together, like, under a tree. And <laughs> I just remember thinking, like, whoa, that's random. Like, Haley Williams and Aaron Weiss are hanging out. And, like, clearly, you know, they've just had that friendship for a really long time. And it's just kind of a... I don't know. It's kind of a cool fun thing i like to think about it because it's actually one of my favorite music relationships to be honest them and the whole um like isley brand new say anything drama is kind of my one of my (laughs) favorite one of your favorites huh like (laughs) i don't know cool um well before so i'm gonna wrap up by sharing just in case i end up we don't do the part two podcast with kyle and i think that we will so if you're still listening and you just hold on you know i'm gonna try to get get kyle on the line we'll see but um i want to talk about casey musgraves because if you are a regular follower of it's all dead you were likely surprised to see a country album at number one and i just wanted to address that and i thought about this i thought about this i 
um, went back and forth about this, but no matter how I looked at it, um, Golden Hour was an album that I just, I felt like I had to um, highlight. Um, I think what Casey Musgraves is doing for country music right now is one of the coolest things um, that I've seen in a while and the, and the best I've felt about something, the way that she kind of subverts so many of the um, expectations around what country music is and what a country artist is supposed to stand for and be like. Um, and on top of that, she made an incredible album. This is an album I feel like that a fan of almost any genre could step into. Like if you like pop music, if you like indie music, like you can find something to love here. And the way that she approaches it um, is incredible. And for me, it was just, I think I mentioned this in the write-up, it was like a, a sigh of relief listening to this album this year, which is something that was much needed in 2018. So um, that uh, album landed at number one. I feel good about it. We'll see how I feel a year from now, but um, I thought it deserved to be there, and that's that, I guess. I don't know. So that's it. I don't know. Nadia, do you have any other thoughts, any other things that you want to share about 2018 before we sign off? Just the fact that it's been so long. (laughs) (laughs) It has. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, no, I think that's – I'm surprised that Pitchfork did 50 albums. I don't know if that's their usual – but they did 100 songs and 50 albums, which seems kind of short for me. And I didn't recognize almost anything on that list. Yeah, well, that's Pitchfork for you. I um, have no idea what, what Pitchfork people listen to. Yeah. The, the shocker was them putting the 1975 with the yeah. song at number one because they, you know, and that's Pitchfork. They've been very hard on the 1975, I guess, would be one way of putting it. They've not been kind to that band and so this this apparently was the album that finally tipped the scales at pitchfork so did, I guess did you cool read their glenda van fleet review i retweeted it because it was too funny <laughs> i i didn't but i can only imagine <laughs> oh my god it was so funny i'll have to but, check it out anyway. um but. cool well nadia thank you for doing the podcast thank you for <laughs> contributing to the list and thank you for a full year of writing for our website you have been um incredible and you know I, I can say now uh, that this has been, in terms of any metric, in terms of traffic to the website, um, in, in terms of engagement, this has absolutely been the best year um, that we've had it. It's all dead. And to me, I mean, just the writing that you've done and what you've brought to the table has really brought, I think, new life into it. Um, so it's been really cool to watch that and just thank you for your continual um, involvement and, and all the work that you put in for us. We know, I know everybody that listens and, and reads appreciates it. Yeah. Thanks so much. It's been my actual dream to write for a music site. So, I mean, you guys are the ones who are doing it. So thanks. Thanks to you guys. Really. Cool. Well, uh, that'll do it for this podcast. We will hopefully have part two coming to you very soon. In the meantime, uh, if you like the podcast, please leave us a review. It really helps in terms of, you know, if this is a podcast you like, if this is a website you follow, um, leaving a review on iTunes is is super helpful in terms of continuing to kind of elevate the presence um, of our podcast on that platform. And whatever platform you listen on, please subscribe, uh, tell your friends. Uh, It's the season of giving, so feel free to, to share a link or send a tweet. 
whatever whatever you're into and thank you for listening and following us this year uh that's going to do it i'm kyle hawk and we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to the it's all dead podcast if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news reviews and much more 